Hey nerds, welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, the paper nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. I know I have mentioned that in January, I was fortunate enough to go to the Atlanta market, and in February, I went to New York Now and Shop Object, so it is a little shocking to me that after such a long time working at home, I have already hung out with today's guest in person twice this year. Michelle Anjanette is the founder and creative director of 417 Press. If you have seen this letterpress range, it probably made an impression on you. These cards only have copy on them, but the lines of the copy itself are an important design element, and the verbiage itself, well, let's just say they tend to elicit all the feels since they intersect at the corner of wisdom and humor. Got a friend who is having trouble conceiving? Maybe she could use a card reading, infertility is an asshole, kick it in the face. While the cards have a certain simplicity, they are all paired with vibrantly colored envelopes, which in my book gets a big gold star. It's no surprise that Michelle won a Louis for Rising Star several years back, a huge, well-deserved honor. But churning out this brilliance year in and year out is not easy, especially when your own life gets messy. Like all of us, Michelle soldiered through the pandemic these past few years. She is a single mom who recently went through a divorce. None of this is very funny. Like me, Michelle is a Gen Xer and an INFJ, but even we can't always see the light side of a situation. So I have a ton of questions for Michelle, and she'll be here to answer them right after this. Hey nerds, I can't go any further without raving about Girl With Knife, a maker that not only occupies a very special place in my stationary heart, but also after just three short years of existence in the heart of the card and gift community as well. I well remember the very moment I got acquainted with this range as well as its exquisite creator, Alicia Castaldi. It was in the before times. Yes, it was winter 2019 and Alicia was making her trade show debut at New York Now. I came around a corner to see a chic burst of blush and black that was her booth, and then I spied Alicia herself. This was my brand new BFF in paper goods. I just didn't know it yet. What makes this stationery and gift range so special? Well, if you describe yourself as feminine, unapologetic, and authentic, with a polished sense of style and a razor-sharp wit, this is the maker for you and clearly the world agrees in its brief existence girl with knife has received multiple industry awards including a coveted and hyper competitive louis award as well as major national press in buzzfeed new york magazine palm springs life hgtv and LA Business Journal. However, it was her recent coverage in What Women Create that really provided a glimpse into how this collage artist brings her dazzling visions to life, slice by nimble exacto slice in sunny Palm Springs. If you look through the latest Girl With Knife wholesale catalog, nearly as fun as the cards themselves is Alicia's pithy commentary on each one. It's like a friend spilling over champagne. And speaking of catalogs, this one contains 
contains a bevy of gift product for the new year. Now the season of fierce has become a lifestyle of fierce. Alicia's got weekly pads, candles, art prints, and pinch me, she has pillows. With names like We Just Fit Together, Eternally Fierce, and Rare Creature, you know your dreamscape just got upgraded. As I write this, I have not yet traveled to any of the winter shows, but I already know these are going to be some of the most memorable finds that I will want to share, not just throughout Stationary Trends, The Paper Nerd, and The Paper Fold, but my life. With all that said, it should be clear that I can barely relay how proud I am that Girl With Knife sponsors this podcast. So head on over to girlwithknife.com. Once you lift your jaw off the floor, you'll see why I say what I say and agree. I guarantee your girl gang will be speechless. Michelle, welcome to the Paperfold. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And it's and it's cool to see you. Today is March 2nd. I saw you in January in Atlanta, and I saw you in February in New York. So it almost sort of feels like a regular year. <laughs> and um, and that like we've actually kind of hung out in real life recently. Um, so anyway, my first question for you is why 417 Press? So um, at the time that I was getting married and looking for wedding invitations, I came across a letterpress studio called Pantry Press in Toronto. They're no longer around, but they were named after their pantry because that's where they had their studio. So I always thought it was cool to link the name of your company to the location and the first, um, the first place that I had my very first press was at my home, and the address was four one seven. And I liked the way it sounded, so I went with that. I like it's it. It's also very helpful because it it ends up at the top of any alphabetized list, so that turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> I was just gonna say when you would send me art for stationary trends and I would process it all, you were always the first one, or all the numerical companies, or all the companies that like mm-hmm. have a question, start with a question mark, or do anything like kind of you know just a little against the grain. Uh, so does it drive you crazy when people called 417 Press and I have to make a full disclosure? I've done that like for years. <laughs> no, no, I think, I mean, I don't even correct people. It says in my logo, it, it's written out 417 just to help know, sort of lay it, lay it out. But I think all my life, like my family name has been mis- mispronounced. So I just roll with it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I, I I know I touched on this on another episode. Oh, I did with paper epiphanies. Like we have enough problems with the word stationary. Like if you're gonna bring another word, if you're gonna bring another thing that can be misspelled into it, like you need to be, you need to have a, a thick skin about it. Yeah. So <laughs> you uh, mentioned that you first sort of discovered letterpress uh, while uh, you know sourcing your own wedding invitations, which is like pretty common uh and i'm glad you i'm glad you found it uh how did you make the evolution then into greeting cards so uh, my background is graphic design and again back to 
looking for wedding invitations, I discovered and fell in love with letterpress and became obsessed with it. And soon after uh, I got married, I had a lot of requests for people to do their wedding invitations. And so I started looking for letterpress. Meaning your friends. It was really hard. So did your friends see you? So it was all word of mouth and like they just saw your fabulous invitation. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's it. It started off that way. And and before I knew it, I was doing just a lot, a lot of custom stationery, wedding invitations and so on. And then often those families would bring me into their businesses. So I started doing corporate work. Um, and then, then I was doing a lot of corporate work, which was really great. I have one client still, that's, um, an amazing team to work with. And it was, it was great, but I, I wasn't able to express myself the way I wanted to. I think with the wedding industry, customers would see something, you know, on the internet or whatever, and it started, they just want that. And, or it was just kind of always modifying current designs, which is great because it's easier um, as a designer uh, and no two invitations ever looked exactly the same, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the the amount of creativity, it just, it seemed limited. Montreal's a tough market. Um, And the wedding invitation market got kind of crazy, like for a while there, like when Pinterest was first introduced and it was just like all the brides were trying to outdo themselves with bells and whistles and it just got like stuff just got so ornate and over the top and competitive. I mean, I had a couple stores who, you know, had been in business for like, you know, decades and, and they would say, I've never cried as much from these brides, you know, as I have in the last five years. So it's, it's stressful, you know, it's beautiful work, but, and, and again, you're not necessarily expressing yourself. You're, you're like, dealing with the bride who saw something in Martha Stewart and it's like, I want this, but in green is yeah. my guess. I was spending, I remember, I think towards the end, I was spending one entire weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday till like two o'clock in the morning, every night tying ribbons, like, and gluing inserts into custom pocket folders and tying ribbons and I was like, this is crazy. Like, wh- why am I doing this? But at the same time, um, <laughs> I was at the, initially I was printing with magnesium plates mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some, some print people in the industry would say, oh, have you heard of so-and-so? And uh, her name was Lisa Babalis. She had a country, a company called That Sky Blue. I don't know if you remember that. I've heard of it. Yeah, and, yeah. Like this is back in the the early aughts, like, which is <laughs> a cool way of saying the 2000s. Um, anyway, they, we ended up, I ended up calling her, we ended up meeting and she was doing uh, greeting cards. So she mm-hmm. was exhibiting at NSS back in the day when it was insane. Um, right. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Cause you, you get to express yourself. And I was doing a wedding and she was like, oh, well, that's really cool. And long story short, over over the process, like I pivoted to greeting cards and she pivoted to wedding. So we totally switched. Wow. Um, in the end. But uh, but that's <laughs> it was through her 
that I got involved. Like I said, what is this? Like I've always loved greeting cards and stationery and gosh, I remember there was some company. I can't even remember their names now. They're not even around anymore, but I know, like, I know. I was just, I was just buying them, but I didn't, it didn't click that that was something that I could do. Right. Right. I mean, during, during introduced me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, during the early aughts, which I love that you call them that, uh, you know, NSS was uh, not only all of the main floor of Javits, it was there were three crazy aisles downstairs um, that would take me two days to get through just those. And uh, so at that point, there was just so there were so many makers, there was so much creativity. And there were and there was a lot of letterpress and going in all sorts of different directions. So it was a really like, fruitful, inspiring uh, time to be in the business. So I'm not surprised that that's kind of when the bug bit you. Uh, So I'm curious about your early greeting cards. I mean, I'm I'm very familiar with your work now. It's hysterical. I love it. Um, but I'm wondering, like, what like what did your first greeting cards look like? Uh, did they look like your current cards? And like, what were some of your like early messages? Like, what was what was like your first card that you were like that like took off and you were like, yes, this is it for me. I think my earliest cards. I had a client or a customer in mind and I was trying to design for that that person and they did okay um but then I think it was after uh my very first NSS it was a six-hour car ride home with my friend who's absolutely hilarious and she was telling me the story of her and a boyfriend in a car and she had had ice cream and she's severely lactose intolerant And it was like, literally, we were both just dying laughing. And I said to her, I said, that's a card. And like, everybody loves a good fart card. And that card, (laughs) it's it's still, I think it says something like, good thing you're hot because your farts are nasty. And that (laughs) still really sells. But that was like the turning point, I think, where where I realized that the humor, like if it was, you know, relatable, and and funny and and that's when I started really honing in on a direction (laughs) yeah and that's like a really good thing good thing you're hot because your farts are nasty wait that's it that's the one I mean like that is so like I don't know that's like very indicative of like your humor and like it's like you hit on it that's your equation like it starts with a nice little hook and then it takes you somewhere. Uh, I love it. Uh, visually, were they like the same format? Were you, were you were, I know you were letter pressing from the start. Were they always, uh, a two and folded with a colored envelopes? Like did that, did that element, did uh, that aspect I've of it evolve? Envelopes. Mm-hmm. Nice. I fell in love, like paper source is, um, line of waste, not paper. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. color envelopes that I fell in love with. Um, I think I started off I, with a seven cards that I was hawking at the, the hockey rink <laughs> to, to mom saying, please wait, here, buy my cards. Wait, a seven. Is that really big or really small? It's five by seven. It's oh, it's five. Seven. Oh, so that's like, know. that's like the traditional, right. And every, a lot of people start with five by seven, not, you know, 
Go right. on. <laughs> and then I, I don't know why I somehow through Google search, I don't know how it happened. I don't recall, but that's when I came ac- across uh, Katie Hunt's, it was called Trade Show Bootcamp at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I applied for and got a scholarship to the online program. And that's when I learned they should be A2. And, and also I, I quickly realized that, um, the price of the waste not paper envelopes was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I switched and I love bright colors. So I, I fell across like the neon colors and I started using those like right from the get go when I started launching wholesale. Um, mm-hmm. and this all happened really quickly within like a matter of months, but I've always been typography driven. Mm-hmm. Even in my design work, it's always been my passion. I love to me, fonts are shapes and forms as well. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Yeah. they've always yeah. been driven, driven by that. And therefore, you know, the tech, the text, the font, mm-hmm. but also the copy is, is important. Oh yeah, totally. And not everybody realized that. I mean, that was, you know, you were very forward looking. I, with, with my client, with, a, if a greeting card client comes to me now, chances are they, and they're very new, chances are they're they're going to have white envelopes and maybe craft if they're like a little, you know, if maybe craft, chances are they'll be white, chances are it'll be big. Like you sort of seem to have instinctually known like a lot of these uh, choices that sort of like you know, currently shape the marketplace. One of the best things about stationery is how quick it can respond to what's going on in the world and, and, and pop culture, for example, like stationery was able to have Bernie stickers and cards uh, within a week after the inauguration, like super quick. Uh, so when I saw, and you're really, really good at this. Uh, so when I saw you at, at New York now in early February, you had a Wordle card already. It was, uh, you're like, was it, you're like Wordle smart. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so when you see a phenomena like that, like when you go onto Facebook and you see all your friends starting to post these Wordle things, like how, how do you translate it? Like, what is your process of turning that? phenomena into a card and making it smart and clever and different. And so people look at it and are like, wow, how did she do that already? <laughs> well, it, I mean, the timing was right. Getting ready for, for New York now, I, you know, let I had time, let's add this card in. I couldn't do the Bernie thing because I felt like it was really an illustrated perspective. This was something mm-hmm. that I could turn into a text-based card Um and even better if you can link it to an occasion. So it can get more longevity if I link it to say graduation, which is an upcoming spring sure. event. So that's sure. sort of where that's going. So it can be given as a graduation card, but you also do these things knowing that they're not going to be, I mean, by next year it's dead in the water. So, but well, it's, yeah, fun. it's, it's timely. It's like fast fashion, you know, it's like when you buy, mm-hmm. what were those, what were those weird, those things in the shirts that were so big a couple of years? I can't remember the word. It starts with a P like everybody buys them. And then like, you can only wear it for a couple of years. Cause if you wear it much later than that, you're going to look, everyone's going to be like, oh, you just bought that when it was trendy and you're still wearing it. So the, you know, these types of cards definitely have a shelf life. Um, 
So, so I'm curious, uh, how did the card do at market? Were people buying it as a, a graduation yeah. card? So that were, okay. All right. So were they buying it? So they were saying they were specifically when they're buying graduate, cause I'm trying to think of, uh, how you had your display. Cause you really had, you had really every day. Did, did you have it themed in certain spots or was everything every day? I'm trying to remember. How uh how it looked uh, at New York I do now. My display, like birthday at the top, um, you know, love friendship, those are big. Mm-hmm. It's kind of and then the really, really uncategorized every day. I didn't specifically market it as graduation. As graduation. I wrote it with graduation in mind. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. said they were potentially buying right. it for, for grad. Um, but I think the buyers were buying it because they want it in their stores right now. Um, right. time is of the right. essence. Let's get out there. It's funny. It'll sell. And so it's, it's got some great momentum right now, which is, which is fun. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great, it is a great card. It's hysterical and it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's smart and it, it's just very, you know, it has a high level of pop culture sensitivity because like, you know, of course everybody wants to be smart, but are you Wordle smart? Like, I don't even really know what that is because I don't play, but I'd like to think of myself as that smart. So, so, uh, you know, my next question was, I mean, do you find that success is in this niche is connected to how early you get in? I would think the answer is yes. I mean, it's gotta be right. But um, I think it depends. Like, I, I don't say, I don't think my cards are trendy so much. I uh-huh. think they're, they have to be relatable. Like, so the, the bigger picture of things, um, you know, like friendship is a, is a key category in my mm-hmm. line. So it's gotta be things that, yes, there are, like you said, pop culture references that are, that are more timely timely and for sure I'm, I'm using them. Um, but I think for, for a card to have longevity, it has to, it has to have an overall sentiment that is relatable across different generations. And, and, um, absolutely. Like for example, um, I have a card. It's as one of my earlier cards, it says something, it's a birthday card. It says something like, uh, you know, you're getting old when the hangover begins on the ride home. And I wrote that as like a mid 40 something, because that's just indicative of what, you know, what's going on in my life and my friends that are my age. But I overheard 20 somethings talking about that car. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes. So it has, it has longevity because it, it <laughs> they have no idea. It's not just my niche. <laughs> they have but no idea them, what's ahead of them. I know it, it rang true. I know. And I know that's awesome. Them. So, so if you if you can hit that, that's that's when you've got like a top selling card, and it's it's hard to do. I'll be honest. Like it's there are lots of bombs also, but uh, but the Absolute. one the ones that that really um, go keep going and going have have a relatability. Um, right to them. Right. Absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. And I, you know, with, with the publication, you know, which is a similar 
project in that I churn it out, you know, four times a year, year in and year out. I mean, I've done pieces that or articles or pages that I just thought were like the most phenomenal thing in the world. And like, nobody says anything. And like, I don't hear any response to them and this stuff that I like just kind of put together at the last second or like I did without like really too much thought. People are like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So, you know, there is that like, I'm going to put it out there and I, I, you know, sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. And sometimes when I'm right, I'm not right for the reason I thought I was going to be right. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, so you were one of the very first makers to win uh, the newly established Rising Star Louis Award. Congratulations. Well-deserved. Uh, now, now that you are a bit more established and um, and like you and like we've discussed, you've created cards that you thought might do well and didn't, and vice versa. Um, are, is there anything else that your best sellers tend to have in common? Oh, you know, it, it's like I said, like I think relatability, and sometimes I sometimes there are surprise hits. Mm-hmm. Also. Um, mm-hmm. I think anything that has to do with friendship or love or sort of, you know, what's kind of going on for people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID cards were a huge thing two years ago. Like, I'd be surprised if anybody's selling a COVID card right now. Um, I know. Because I don't want to see- hear it. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I think I put one, I put a, I put a couple in early 2021 last year and they just Mm -hmm. they never they never moved because it was too late like right 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 it's all about the right timing is everything like the sentiment is everything yes yes i like so uh-huh sorry no Um, i think i think also there's a like it has to be a reflection of who you are as well so so for me, the infertility cards were something that I went through. Uh, divorce, like divorce was really big. I had, I had just one card about divorce mm-hmm. at New York mm-hmm. Now last summer. And it's a great there card. Were buyers like coming to me in tears. And Aww. then they're just spilling like this, this is what I'm going through. And I think it's indicative of A, the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently yes. divorce rates went up, like people are kind of figuring figuring things out but also as we grow get older and and go on in age so for me was the procession of like first there was marriage and then there was infertility and then there's having toddlers and now it's teenagers and divorce so it's kind of like the life cycle right right the circle of life and greeting cards go go right right so the makers you know the makers that are maybe have toddlers like they're they're creating those cards right now and right. They're, they're selling to those people. So you have right. to find like, you know, your your niche. Yeah, and and a certain authenticity. Like people can see, you know, when something is uh, you know, heartfelt and you know, something that they real that they really feel as opposed to like, hey, I think this just sounds kind of clever and I'm going to put it on a card, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. um 
I, I agree. I mean, there, there is a certain, uh, <laughs> there is a certain sensitivity and it's interesting. The more you experience in life yourself as a maker, the more your card line begins to sort of reflect that depth. Um, I thought I, I, I apologize. I can't, uh, remember what you called the range where you take a word and you look at it two ways. What, what is that? You just introduced oh. it. Oh, Shifting perspective. Shifting perspective. So you basically take a word like stress or divorce and you talk about the good way and the bad way. I uh, Can you give me an example of it? I thought it was really, really interesting and different. Um, um, And uh, I'm curious um, your process for introducing it and uh, your process for coming up with the idea and also how it's doing. So it's, it's interesting because if you notice, like a lot of, like even I have these cards as well, but there was a big movement for a while where everything was, you go girl, you get it, you've got this, like kind of like empowerment, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then mm, recently you're probably seeing on social media, there's a trend towards, it's okay to like slow down. It's okay right. to right. rest. It's right. okay right. to quit. And um, if you look at it, like quitting is, is an, like, no, no, I can't quit. Like, uh, I can't right. stop. I can't do it. So there's that negative aspect, but the word quit could also, you can turn it. It means, you know, to, to, to rest, to, to, to slow down, to, to take the time to invest in yourself, to manifest. Right. Um, to let go of something that know, is not working. Picture. For you anymore. Right. So that's yes. why I called it shifting perspectives. So some of them are funny, like the ghost one, like ghosting, if you're go- if you've been ghosted, it really sucks. But on the other hand, it's not <laughs> you, it's them. Like they've got small dick energy. So you know, there's yes, that. You- and then there's things like divorce, <laughs> which it's really crappy and it sucks, but it's also a new beginning. So right. that's, that's what that line is, is um, talking about. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's it's reframing. And like um, in my meditation app, they're basically like, you know, when you're dealing with a problem, like if you absolutely, you know, when you get to the point where you just have to accept it and like deal with it the best you can, they say reframe it, like, you know, adjust your perspective because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> you, you're the one who has to deal with it. Um, like I pulled up your midlife card, which I love probably because I'm in the throes of it. Um, and, uh, Me too. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it has that certain authenticity of I'm screaming through it, but, um, it's at midlife. I mean, so it says midlife slice of hell with a side of crazy, simultaneously managing kids and parents, worrying you might become your parents, uncooperative metabolism, failing body parts, hair loss and hair gain, brain fog, insomnia, and so much rage. So yeah, that's the side we're so well acquainted with. Mm -hmm. And on the other side is unbound wisdom and grace to move through the shit show. And yes, there's that too. (laughs) So, you know, I don't think I've, I've really embraced the subtle art of not giving a fuck until, you know, midlife. Like, I don't think I've truly understood what that is. So to me, like this card really speaks to that. And, uh, it's really special, card and a, and a very special range. Um, and, and since it sort of, um, you know, strays from like that kind of like really pithy smart 
one-liner that characterizes most of your line. I'm curious how, um, how, like what, how has the response been so far? It's, it's a little bit everywhere. Um, it's mm-hmm. funny because <laughs> one, one buyer said, oh, there's, there's too much text. Like the Emily McDowell cards have a lot of text and they don't do well in my store. I was like, okay, I never, I never thought about that. And it's true because a lot of my cards, they do require reading. Um, you have to stop for a moment to kind of look at everything. But the shorter it is, like it's, Pity. I, if I'm imagining if I'm a buyer in the store, you want to you want to catch it on quickly and move on. So they do require there's is a lot more text in these ones, mm-hmm. um, but I think when when they when they reach the right audience, like mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the right person sees it, mm-hmm. and you know, like that one in particular, the midlife card, it was the middle aged women who were looking at it and saying yes. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> it's it's not it's not going to speak to certain people, but I felt like I had to do it because. Nobody talks about menopause. Like our generation, we're so we're still associating things like menopause with shame. Like we're not talking about it. And and now I have like somewhat younger friends coming to me saying, Okay, like what are you taking for the hot flashes and what are you doing? And and so on. And so yes, let's talk about it. But I'll be right. honest, like I don't talk to my daughter about it. I don't say, Oh my god, I'm having a hot flash and I'm dying over here. <laughs> and I should be, you know? Like, but but we're not because we're Gen Xers and we're, we're still crazy that way. So it was important for me to do a card that, that spoke to that and, and normalize it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. In my household. So I, uh, um, yeah, we, my daughter and I talk about it because our cycles affect each other. So we have to, (laughs) and she's always mad at me because mine's like haywire. (laughs) So mine sets hers off. Just another reason to hate your mother, you know, but uh, that's all or I understand her. Right. I'm like, just wait, it gets worse. I remember when I first told her about her period, like when I first explained to her about her period, she thought I was kidding. I was like, no, I'm not joking. I, I felt so horrible at the same time. It was so funny. Um, but that's interesting what you say about text heavy cards. I mean, I started, I mean, one of the guiding principles of stationary trends is that nobody likes to read. Everyone likes to look at pictures. So, you know, I tend to really try to be thoughtful with text and, and, um, one of my, uh, Jason Arbuckle, who does Jay Faulkner used to be the creative director at, at, um, in style, one of those in style magazines. And he, um, he, I remember him telling me once they did this huge survey for readers on like what they liked and what they didn't like. And all that came back was like, they don't like big blocks of text. So you were a single mom. I know you went through a rather conflicted divorce. Um, I, I know the answer to this question. I mean, do you find that you translate your angst into your work? Um, I know we're both, um, we're both INFJs and Gen Xers. And um, I definitely feel that doing work creative stuff is how I work through my like mental stuff. Uh, Do you find that to be the case as well? I do, but I think after it's happened. So I find when I'm in the middle of something, so whether Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. the infertility 
or or the divorce like it's so all-encompassing like especially because it's more recent for me Mm -hmm. divorce like everything all your energy everything goes into that so to to be and actually it was a very low period oh absolutely yeah Um, like everything I just ended up laying low um I I couldn't come up with anything fresh like whatever I did release was probably definitely not my best that's for sure because it, it I was so in it like it and as you said like it wasn't it wasn't a friendly as time in in my life like right, it wasn't a friendly right. situation um but when you come out of it so now I've got the whole picture I've got I've got the beginning like all all the doubts and the questions and you know turning over every rock and am I doing the right thing and then and then the messy middle and then and then you've got um the ups and the downs and the highs and lows and then the aftermath and and then coming out of it and then seeing the light so once i've got the whole picture right then i can talk to it right and then and some time and then to write process. about it and then i can it, mm-hmm. so i think that's that for me is is definitely my creative process when when i've when i've got when I've got all the parts and the pieces, mm-hmm. then I can, then I can work through it. Um, and I've gone through all the emotions and and then I, I can speak to it. I can write about it. So probably um, it, it took about a year um, before I and was able good. to, and also there's, there's like a, there's shame associated with it. Like nobody comes out and says, Oh, I'm getting a divorce and nobody talks about it. And then when you do say I'm getting a divorce, there's like all the sad puppy face looks and, you know, like, and which are genuine and honest, but it's, it's, it's not a great, it's not a celebration, like all the other fun things in life until it is. And then it becomes, but you have to get through that. So it, it takes me some time to, to get to that place, to be able to write about it. And even if I look at like my earlier cards, um, my love slash relationship cards, they were very sarcastic and very snarky. <laughs> and I think that's because that's the place I was at right. that time. Right. So, right. you know, that's right. what I was going. And now again, like I've come out of that. So there, there's a shift. So it's a constant evolution. Um, you know, what's yeah. going on in, in your life and in the world and, and so on. I think that's how lines grow and evolve. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love, I love that. Yeah. I mean, look, it just takes a while to process these things. And then, I mean, you know, when you're in that period, when you're going through hell, you know, you just have to get through it. And then once you come out of it, you can kind of process things and think about it and things start to make sense. I mean, in a way, writing a lot of these cards is like a form of therapy, you know, for you mm-hmm. and then for someone to send, when, for someone to see it and send it to someone else, it's sort of, you know, it is, it really is a lift and, you know, you really are sharing this sort of like hard won knowledge that, um, that, you know, that you, that you got the hard way, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, one question I have, cause I know this came up like we sort of briefly discussed this when I saw you in Atlanta was, you know, writers, it came up, we were talking about another company and another writer who had like moved. Um, and 
I didn't ever realize that there were like a few like greeting card writers who would be like really good. That would be, um, you know, moving from company to company. Like I, it just never even occurred to me that makers, you know, would hire people, not that there's anything wrong with it. Um, it, to a, to, to a degree, it's just how seamless their line is that it looks so polished that I would look Mm -hmm. at it and think that they, you know, like, Oh, wow. They did everything. Um, um, do, uh, do you, do you write all your own cards? Do you occasionally farm some out? Like if you feel like, Oh, I need, I need, I need this. And ugh, my, my head just isn't quite there. Do you occasionally do that? I haven't. I actually have reached out to, Oh no, no, it's no, I have, I have actually. Um, so I was a bridal client of mine who is actually, uh, she's a for her tagline is a former United Nations lawyer become um, lesbian and comedian. My mother's biggest disappointment. So occasionally she puts something on Twitter and I'll, I'll ask her, um, you know, can I use that? And I actually did a whole series. Like it was a political series. um, I remember I wrote it up on sarcastic humor. Right. She mm-hmm. had the one I that did. was I like, about that. I forgot about it too. And I asked the question. Yeah. The one of them was, which, and I see this line used all the time, which is like, it's a graduation card and it's wishing you all the success of like an average white male or something, which is an awesome yeah. card. Like that line. Yeah. Has and been that was stolen. back in 2016. I was using that. Like, so you see it coming out now, but she, she penned that back in 2016 or we had a really great um, Hanukkah card where like the most Jewish thing about Hanukkah is all the ways to spell it. Yes. 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 I have, I have. (laughs) That's a really good, that's a really, that's a good card. And it's good because it's so true. Although I, yeah, it's so true. But I'm not Jewish. So I can't write that. Like, and I would never try to write um, that, that kind of thing from that perspective because I I don't feel it would be authentic but it was it was her line and she's credited for it and it's great so but other than that no I haven't I'm I'm writing all the cards I have reached out I'd see some funny things on Twitter and Mm -hmm. they're just so perfect um Mm -hmm. but I haven't heard back but I do see some card makers are working with because you know what it's really hard it's really hard to keep coming up with this content uh, year after year after year, for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, like a collaboration is amazing. Like it's a, um, it just, it's a way to sort of lighten, to create new product, to lighten your load, to, you know, work with someone else and kind of like see their vibe and, you know, create something new. I mean, I thought like pre-COVID, there were so many amazing collaborations and they sort of, petered out maybe the maybe we'll start seeing um maybe we'll start seeing them again i think it's awesome that so, um that you fi- that you're finding like that you found um this comedian on twitter like that you're like scrolling twitter and you're saying oh that's really smart that should be on a card uh i think that's great right because they're of the they're of the moment and also it's funny because talking about the wordle card as soon as I released it, all of a sudden I started seeing it on Twitter. So I'm like, okay, I was 
I did the right thing. It was, I, the timing was perfect on that. So it was, right. it was, it was really good. Like the only other, like really smart wordle joke I've seen is it's like a, it's like an image of Homer Simpson sitting in a bar. You've probably seen it where like ev- <laughs> everyone around him has a head. That's a wordle except him. <laughs> and like that, just that in your card are the only good jokes about it. And I, I sort of like the Homer Simpson one because it, you know, it just speaks to existential <laughs> angst on so many levels. <laughs> so um, anyway, I cannot thank you enough uh, for coming on. It was such a treat uh, to catch up with you again. I I feel like I feel so fortunate to get to have spent some time with you both in real life and here. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Sarah. You know what? Like, you've always been an amazing supporter of, of all the makers, like the ones that are just starting out, the established ones, and everybody's so happy to, to always see you at the shows. And like you said, we've, we've spent some time together and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to, to know you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on The Paperfold. It was such a treat to visit, and I'm looking forward to seeing you for the third time in 2022 this April in San Francisco for Noted and SF Now. I can't wait to see her and so many more of my favorite paper nerds. If you are in the stationary card biz, please do what you can, short of hitchhiking, to make an appearance. So finally, thank you for listening. Again, our theme music is by the wonderful Sharon Glassman of Smile Songs. See and hear more at smilesongs.com. If you like what you're hearing, please give me a five-star rating. And if you feel like waxing eloquent, please feel free to leave a review too. Thank you so much, nerds. Stay safe.